Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You've always got two choices to make in your relationship, evolve or repeat. In other words, you can grow or you can stay stuck in old patterns. Don't wait until after the holidays, the first of next month or the first of next year to set goals. If your relationship doesn't feel the way you want, there's no better time to set and achieve new relationship goals than right now. Today, we're gonna dive deep on the five goals every couple should set in their relationship. One day or day one, you decide. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools You can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, hello. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's good to be seen. It's good to be here. I'm very happy you're here. If you're watching me on YouTube, you're, I always announce my outfits, I think lately, you're seeing my fabulous purple cashmere. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) my very Jacqueline Smith hair. And if you're not old enough to know who she is, I don't want to talk to you. Well, I do because I love you. But Charlie's Angels, way back in the day. Go look her up. Okay. That's how my hair is looking. So very glad you're here. And thank you, thank you to all the people who wrote in about this topic. I, wow, got a lot of emails. Just people looking, you know, I think because the year is shifting over. So I actually kind of did this out of order from where I usually do the podcast. I usually have them done ahead of time, but I snuck this in before the end of this year. If that's when you're, if you're listening to it, when it's come, when it's dropping, 
uh, before 2023 begins. And it's, um, yeah, and I'll talk about all that. So uh, very happy. Thank you for writing in. And I also thank you for the reviews. Thank you. I read them all. They fill my heart with love. One, one person was like, I feel like I owe you, Abby. I listened to over 100 episodes. <laughs> so here you go. Yes, thank you. Thank you, right? I've sat here for hours and hours with you. You took the time, you wrote a review. It really does mean a lot to me and I so appreciate it. It, Yeah, I've told you all the reasons. Please leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or you can rate this on Spotify. If you're watching on YouTube, you can like and subscribe and maybe even leave a little comment. We read them, you know, uh, and let me know what's up. So thank you. It helps spread the love of the podcast, which means a lot. And if you are looking for holiday ideas, gifts, why not buy my book? Be happily married even if your partner won't do a thing. You can give that to people. And by the way, if you have Audible, you can get it for free. You can get my book for free on Audible if you have Audible. Just get the book one month. Um, even better. Even better for you. So, <laughs> but thank you for uh, listening and hanging in there. And I hope you're all getting ready for the holidays. And this is, I, I don't, I'll just give a caveat before we jump in that I don't want people uh, you know, setting goals January 2nd or something, you know, I, that's why I said these are good goals to start right now. There's no better time. So I, I do want to say that I think we get into these things with the first of the year, or the first of the month, and that's not what it's about. All right. So we have a lot to cover today because I, uh, there's one goal, I think goal four, I'm going pretty deep on the other goals are a little quicker. So, so let's get to them, Abby. Let's take a sip of water, Abby. So you can speak clearly. Okay. Goal number one, it's a we thing. That's goal number one. I want you to approach any issue as a we thing, not a you or them thing. So if your partner comes to you complaining, you know, that you never want to have sex anymore. I think that often, you know, the initial reaction, which is understandable to some degree, but come on, we're getting better. We've been listening to my podcast. Come on. I, I, I'm, I'm holding you to a higher standard. Your initial reaction often is to refute it, right? As soon as your partner says something, you know, whatever it is that you don't like, you don't want to hear, you refute it. And you start listing maybe all the, in this instance, maybe you're listing all the times you've had sex recently or the special circumstances about why you didn't want to have sex on Saturday. You know, you're trying to prove them wrong and this sets you up on opposite sides. You know, they're right, they're wrong, you're right, you're on opposite sides. I have so many podcasts on how keeping score makes you lose and don't compete. My TED Talk, have you listened to my TED Talk? Put in Abby Metcalf TED Talk uh, on in YouTube and you will find my TEDx where I talk about the real reason relationships fail. Um, please go give it a, a, a view. Why not? Uh, I'm proud of it. So, but I talk all about it in there. It's a real reason relationships fail. We do this competing, this keeping score thing. I did this, this, and this, and this. I've shared with you that on uh, previous business trips, you know, sometimes Gary, when I've gotten home, he, he's felt kind of neglected and he's giving me that. And meanwhile, I thought I did all the right things and, you know, we're having phone sex and I've made food to eat while I'm gone and I've scheduled things, you know, my kids are taken care of, the kids are taken care of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yet, you know, he's not feeling cared for somehow. And you know, it's very easy to be like, what are you talking about? I did this, 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 and this, you know? But what we want to do instead, I need to see that as a, as a me problem too, not a him problem. 
I need to see that as something is happening in the relationship where he doesn't feel taken care of, even though I think I'm doing all these things. So it's like, we're really not listening when we don't approach it from a we perspective. So if your partner thinks you never want to have sex anymore, there's something going on that you want to understand. Don't ignore it. What does sex mean to them? What would enough sex look and feel like? Is there anything else they need from you that they're not getting? Is this about sex or something else? Do they feel loved and wanted? I'm literally ripping these off the top of my head. There's so many things you can ask. You know, but the goal, I need you to realize the goal is to join them in this issue, right? You want to join them in the issue. It doesn't mean either of you is wrong. Nobody's wrong. It just means that your partner is experiencing something and you want to be on their team to figure out a solution because it's a we. I know it's great. No matter the issue. Don't get on opposite sides. Don't argue or refute what your partner is saying. Instead, right, you want to you listen well. You want to seek to understand. You want to work at the problem together. And, you know, what I say often is you want to fight the problem, not each other, right? That, that's really what we're talking about here. So whatever the thing is, you know, try not to personalize it, put it out there, and use a we no matter what is going on. Just think of it from a week. Okay, your shared resource, combined resource. All right, goal number two, share true, confi- true feelings like confetti. Tr- share, I'm not saying that well, I'm gonna say it again. Share true feelings like confetti. So this is a great goal to set with your partner to share true feelings as often as possible. And notice I keep saying true because this is harder than it sounds because there are two big mistakes I find most people making when it comes to sharing feelings. The first mistake is sharing reactions, not true feelings. Our true feelings are usually beneath our initial reactions. And one of the things I say is that you have a right to your true feelings, but not a right to your reaction. I know people don't like this. I think I did a reel on Instagram about this and I got all this hate, but here's the deal. (laughs) But if you're listening to what I'm saying, you'll agree, I think. If my reaction is to slap you across the face for something you said, I don't have a right to that. And it's no different if I yell at you or if I lose my shit or if I say something mean or I call out your name, you know, you out of your name or something. That's no different. That's an angry reaction. That's all of that. It is, that is not my right. It's not my right to hit you because I feel like it or to verbally hit you, slap you. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. My true feelings though are. And it's just often takes a minute to get there. So um, I'm trying to think of the, for, so uh, let's say uh, your partner, they just, let's just say they say something that upsets you and you, you know, you lash out in anger. So yes, anger is a feeling, but what's underneath that? Anger, resentment, and frustration, impatience, those are top feelings or top emotions. And I consider them reactionary ones. They're sort of a knee jerk. You want to give yourself a moment and dig down to what's under those feelings to get to the real ones, what's really upsetting you. Likely what I find more often than not, and I swear if you do a little digging, you'll find this too, you're feeling either abandoned or rejected by your partner in some way. Even the sex thing I talked about earlier, you feel abandoned by them. Like 
you, you feel that they're picking on you, that they're criticizing you, that you're doing something wrong. You feel very alone. You feel, you know, that, right? It's really what it boils down to. So it's sometimes, it, it, does it seem like they don't have your back or, or you're feeling sad and alone and not like a team? That is usually what's at the bottom. And so anger doesn't get you far. It really doesn't. You know, when you come at them with anger about that, they that's where all their refuting happens. And you know, you're listening right now because you know you've had this conversation and it sucks and it doesn't go anywhere. And you, again, do you want to evolve or repeat? So let's, let's evolve. So I will say when you're first practicing this, a great strategy is not to share feelings right away and to, you know, to take a moment to calm yourself and see what's really going on. It, when you get really good at this, it's much quicker in the moment, but in the beginning, it's, it's easy to be angry or resentful. What's harder, again, is to get to your real fears. So you want to take a minute and get there. <laughs> you know, you want to, you want to have a second to really, uh, know what that is. So, and then when you've gotten to the real issue, you know, come back to your partner and you're going to have a completely different conversation guaranteed than that angry one you wanted to have, or just you bursting and even if you burst into tears, you burst into tears. Give me a break, right? I'm not going to hold you to that. But I am, if you always burst into tears, anytime someone gives you feedback, I'm going to ask you to look at that because that's a defense mechanism in and of itself. Um, and some people I know have this, um, God, I have a bunch of clients, uh, female clients who have this with their male partners. I'm going to say this is, oh, and female clients who have it with their female partners. <laughs> I want to say that. So this is an interesting thing now that I'm thinking about it. I think, I'm not sure why. Okay. I'm not going to go there right now. But what we find is that um, they'll say something and then the partner, you know, they'll tell their, give their partner some feedback. And then the partner always reacts with something that's very like, oh, I'm just a piece of shit. I don't know why you're with me. I'm the worst. Or they burst into tears. And then my client feels like they're taking care of them instead of getting to say what they, right, what they're feeling. You might be relating to this right now. That's a defense mechanism then. If that always happens, if that's the only arrow in your quiver to respond to anything is that mea culpa, I'm the worst, then that's an issue. If your only arrow in your quiver to respond to anything you don't like is to get angry, then that's an issue. Do you see what I mean? If your only um, response to anything is to do nothing, that's a that's a problem, right? To to just be like, oh, it's fine, nothing bothers me. That's a problem. Of course, things bother everybody. So, but when you come back, when you think for a minute and really get to what's going on for you, instead of arguing the points of what happened, because that's usually what, right? You said X and it made me mad, and then they reply, well, you misunderstood me. I said Y, and you're overreacting, right? And you can see where this goes. It goes nowhere. It, it ends up in that stuck loop where nothing is resolved. You've had this argument over and over. It never resolves. It's exhausting. And we want to stop that. So when you check in with yourself and realize maybe that, let's say you felt um, abandoned when your partner, I had this recently, I had a client who, uh, her, she had a big presentation at work that was, and it was going to be, it was really big. Like it was a whole other level, C-suite stuff, you know, something she hadn't done before. She kept telling her man about it and he forgot on the day, even that morning she said like, oh my God, I got the brain. He's like, go get him, babe. You'll be great. Right. But at the end, like he never texted during the day to check on her, you know, and at the end of the day when they were having dinner, he didn't ask how it went. He like forgot. And she 
really got upset. She had, she was hurt about it and really, but, but we had been talking. And so that part was good. She was, well, she was angry. Sorry. She didn't realize she was hurt. She was angry. She was so pissed. And so she said, like, I, she said she got through dinner and she said, Abby, I, I heard you on my shoulder. I didn't know what to do in the moment, but I, I just sort of didn't, I didn't go anywhere. I just was like, oh, by the way, I, hey, I had my presentation today. You haven't asked. And, and he was like, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. I'm so sorry. What? Yeah. Tell me all about it. Right. And he was kind of lovely about it. He just, he forgot. Um, and is, and I'm one of those people who forget. So I was really relating to him, but, and she said, you know, so she told him, but she was still feeling kind of, you know, upset. And she said, but, you know, I managed to have a good conversation. And then later she sat with herself. She did a little meditation. She did all the little tools, Abby says. And she realized that she, she felt very, um, her, it was reminding her of growing up where no matter how well, this is a woman who got, went, you know, to an Ivy League school and has been very successful. She's 30 four she's so young she's done so much and she's it's never felt like enough like her parents never give her props they're always like well what about this and what about this and oh but you haven't had kids yet and wait till you have kids i don't know if you you know there's it's like never enough what she does she she feels that's how she feels and so when and so they sort of they dismiss or discount the things that happen in her life they don't really ask and she has an, another sibling of course don't we all have this where the parents ask the sibling everything about everything right so for her, this felt like that. And she was able to see that. She's like, oh, my husband is not my parents. He really was excited. He did forget in a moment, but he was right there with me and he was supported this morning and he was supported then. You know, he's got stuff, he did too. He had a lot of stuff going on in his own job at the same time. <laughs> he was sort of caught up in his own world. You know, it wasn't about her. It was about him, right? So she did end up going back and, say, and she said, I kind of thought I didn't even need to say anything at that point. I was able to kind of separate those things and uh, realize, but then she did go. So you might just stop there and go, oh, I don't really need to say anything. This I'm making this something that it's not. I'm giving it meaning it doesn't have. But she did go back and she said, I did want to, you know, she wanted to gain his support. And what's beautiful is that the conversation went very differently than it would have if she was reactive and yelling or, you know, you don't care about me. And then he would have been bewildered and upset. Like, what do you mean? I don't care. He, he probably wouldn't have even have put it together. Yeah, you've been in that conversation too, right? It's, but she ended up being able to go back and really, and say to him, oh my God, I had, you know, I, can I, sh and first she did so well. She said, can I share something with you about earlier that upset me? Or is this a good time? Is this a time where you can listen? And he was right. He goes, oh my gosh, what? Like he was, didn't get it at all, right? He was like, what is it? And so that was really good. You know, she got him right there. She was in a calm place. They talked and she just told the truth. She said, you know, I know this isn't about you. This is what happens when that happens. And he got a little defensive at first. And he's like, well, you know, I've got a lot going on too, you know? And she, she just stopped him. She said, please don't, I don't want you to be defensive. I don't want you to tell me why it doesn't, that's not what this is about. That's not what I'm doing here with you. I love you. I, you did a great job <laughs> overall. I, I'm not, I'm not going there. What I'm saying is, if you can hear this, that I just, it reminded me of something from my past. That's what I'm telling you. And I just need a hug right now. I need you to remind me how much you love me and that you are here for me and that you think what I do is important, you know? And he was able to do all that. And they had a lovely, lovely night, you know? 
So being honest on this level with your, again, true feelings, it deepens your connection and your trust with your partner. Think of all the trust you have when you do this. I talked about this in my episode on how to build trust and honesty in a relationship, but um, here it is again. So she, you know, they, they felt closer. They felt more connected. I mean, it's like a, it's a win, win, win people. It's just fabulous. Anyway. Okay. So the second mistake I see people make in this category is that they're sharing thoughts when they think they're sharing feelings. That happens a lot. I think often people, you know, they're sharing their judgments and again, their, their thoughts, their beliefs about what's happening. And they don't even realize they're not sharing an actual feeling. You'll say to them, how do you feel? And they go, well, I think you should do this. Or I, I feel like, um, this is a crazy conversation or they, they really do this. This is common. It happens to me all the time when I'm talking to clients, I'll say, how are you feeling right now? And they'll start to tell me their thoughts. I don't get upset and angry with them. I stop. I go, I, that's a thought. Tell me your feeling mad, glad, angry, sad, overwhelmed, shy. I, sometimes I throw some out because people can't even, they're like, oh yeah, feeling. And even then, sometimes it's taking me three or four times to have someone actually share a feeling or they try to say, well, nothing, I don't feel anything, you know, on and I mean, it's, it can be crazy because people are so disconnected from their feelings. And like with anything, understanding your feelings, uh, acknowledging your feelings, knowing what they are, saying them, skill set, all a skill to acknowledge them as a skill, to know a feeling is a skill, all a skill. I used to suck at all this. I'm pretty good at it now. I'm not perfect. I'm always evolving. But you get better at it over time the more you do it. So I, and I've said this a hundred times, right? And I'll keep saying it. We don't connect with thoughts. We connect with feelings. It's when we're sharing our feelings and being vulnerable that we strengthen and deepen our connections. So you want to take a moment or two or three moments and identify what you're truly feeling about whatever it is that you want to share. And I want to say too that not sharing feelings at all creates a lot of distrust in relationships. So, you know, I see this a lot. You you think you can tell that your partner's upset about something. And and by the way, that's up for debate. Okay, just for the record. You you think they're upset, but let but let's even say they are. I'm going to give it to you. And but they when you ask them and they keep saying they're fine. Everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. So, you believe they're not sharing something. You think you know better. You think they're not. So you start to distrust them because not sharing or omitting is the same as lying in a relationship. It is. If you omit something, it's the same thing. If you're just leaving it out, a lot of times people do this to quote unquote protect their partner. I hear all kinds of excuses. They're just excuses, but there's never, it's like share. Give me a break. I, I'll have people say, oh, it's my grandmother. She's too old to hear that. No, she's not. She's lived that long, man. She's tougher than you. Trust me. Share. So anyway, <laughs> but it, when you when you keep doing that, when you don't share, it breaks down the trust. So, you know, let's fast forward to something later in the week and your partner is saying how sexy you look or how great you look in that outfit or something, but you don't believe them. They weren't honest last week. When you asked how they were feeling, they said they were fine and they weren't. So what's to say they're being honest now? You think they're just saying that, you know, oh, they're just saying that to make me feel better or, or because women think this all the time. They, they're saying that because they want to have sex <laughs> and you end up dismissing, discounting and second guessing everything they say. So sharing feelings, true feelings is huge, huge. And I'm just thinking, okay. <laughs> so, you know, things occur to me. before. I get into goal three, I just want to quickly mention 
Um, it just occurred to me. I do have a relationship goal setting workbook that you can buy. Um, it's on the website, right? On the shop page. Uh, you know, when you're buying all those inspirational mugs, t-shirts and notebooks for all your friends for, for the holidays. Okay. But and I just want to say this, because I don't want you to buy it if it's not, you might listen to this and go, oh, I'm going to go over there and buy the thing. I love the goals. It's different. Um, or you might be thinking the opposite. Oh, I heard this episode. I don't need to go get the goal thing. So let me just say, so the workbook, this goal relationship workbook, it, and it's short and sweet. You know me, I don't do things that are ridiculous. It covers very different ground than what we're talking about today. It's very nitty gritty on exactly how to set goals, if that's something you want to do. So in the workbook, I talk about like the six steps to relationship goals that work, you know, you know me with the steps, uh, an easy guided plan to put your relationship goals into action, you know, the mistakes that most couples make when they're setting relationship goals, right? You know, and, and you know, I think I cover, I think there's a the track, yeah, there is, like how to track your goals for continued success. I mean, it is very nitty gritty. So I want to say that. So if you're listening today and you're really interested in goal setting, it's not expensive, um, but I want to make sure, I always want to make sure you're getting something that's actually going to help you. So that's why I'm telling you exactly what it is. So you're not assuming and then sad because it's not meeting your expectations. So that's what it is. So if that's something you're interested in, go get it. If that's not, and it's more like what we're doing today, then stay right here. <laughs> okay. So let's get to goal number three. And I love this one. It's to say yet often, say the word yet often. I've talked about, um, this amazing researcher from Stanford, uh, Carol Dweck. I've been following her since her Columbia days. How do you like that? So I've been following her for decades. And she has a really amazing, I think, seminal book called Mindset. If you haven't read it, read it. If you're a parent, I think it's the number one parenting book you should read. If you're a coach, I will tell you that right now. I don't think there's a better parenting book out there as far as really how to raise kind of resilient, fabulous kids. I'll tell you that. Okay. And, but her book, her whole thing and a lot of her research is based on this having a growth or a fixed mindset. And basically people with a fixed mindset think that, you know, you're kind of born with it, like you're smart or you're talented or you're this or you're that, and there's no room to grow. You either are or you aren't. And a growth mindset, which has of course been um, highly, highly correlated with success and creativity and all kinds of wonderful things. A growth mindset is, ju is just that, nothing is fixed in this moment and anything is possible, right? So, you know, you, you can do it all. I, uh, I always give the example of way back when, when um, Tiger Woods was at, he was at the top of his game in golf, like he, the back when he was like the God and he changed his golf swing. And of course, everyone's like, what are you doing? How, why would you, you're at the top of your field. Why would you change your golf swing? And to him, it was like this growth mindset, like I could be even better. And at the time it did work and he was even better. I know there was a whole implosion that happened later in his personal life. Oh boy, um, he should be listening to my podcast. But, uh, but you, that's a good example of that. Uh, Coach John Wooden very famously had a very fam you know, infamous growth minds, wonderful growth mindset with his, with his players. You know? But it's, it's really um, huge. Having a growth mindset is really huge in your relationship. It's, and, it, it's a simple tool, yet using the word yet is a simple tool to help you be more, more growth mindset -ed. <laughs> to have more of a growth mindset. So, because when you say, and this has been studied by Dweck and others, 
When you say yet, you're saying there are things worth waiting for and that those things take work. It's beautiful. You're, that's what you're saying. Think, think of, I want you to sit right now. I'm going to say some statements to you and I want you to think of how you feel when I say them. So, uh, oh, I'm just not good at this. Or, well, I'm not good at this yet. Do you see how different that feels? I don't understand this. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand it yet. I don't get this yet. Um, I can't do this. I can't do it. I tried. I can't do it. I can't do it yet. This doesn't work. Abby, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work yet. Yet to me is a magical, magical word. It speaks to possibilities, to great things in the future. It speaks to tackling problems, removing obstacles, having a happy life. I want you to use the word yet as often as possible, whatever you're having, just in general, but when, especially when you're having difficulties with your person or with yourself, by the way, you know, or with anybody. How about with anybody? But definitely your person and yourself is top priorities, okay? Your, your partner and yourself. Because the same thing with your own language, right? Um, you know, we haven't figured this out yet, or I haven't figured this out yet. We don't have a solution yet. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying yet. You know, yet, yet, yet. It's beautiful. And you can also use yet as a more just positive answer. So let's say your partner's complaining that they, you know, I can't communicate with you. I can't communicate with you. You could answer, well, we're not communicating well yet okay, we're not communicating well yet. What do we got to do? You know, it immediately puts you in that frame of what's the next thing. So I, I want you to take anything that's unwanted in your relationship. Any, and I want you to shift from thinking of it as bad or a mistake. Um, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If it's something that gives you the opportunity to improve, I should say that. I want you to think of it this way. And I want you to think that it's, you know, you're not done and it, it, it's yet. Think yet. You're not done yet. It gives you the confidence to continue to learn and grow when you use the word yet. You're saying that you'll figure it out. You find a solution, find common ground. You know, you're on your way. Uh, and you just need to strategize some more. It's to me, it's really holding the optimism for your relationship, even when that's hard in a moment. It it really the word yet gives you a path to your the future relationship that you say you want. So I yet is phenomenal. Yet yet yet. Okay, goal four. Goal four. We're gonna go a little deep. Goal four. I need you to maybe uh, take a pause. Go get something to drink. <laughs> I'm gonna sip my water. 
Five is quick too, but four is a little longer, but really, really important. Probably should have made this first. I don't know. Anyway, but here we are because I didn't think that through that way. So goal number four is to focus on what you do want, not what you don't want. This is a couple, a, a goal I think every couple should be setting all the time. And it's it's one of the biggest mistakes you are making is that you're focusing on what you don't want in your relationship, but then expecting what you do want to show up. And it never, ever, ever, ever works. You're, you're thinking of what you're missing and then wanting that missing thing to show up, but it doesn't because your energy is focused on what's missing, not what, what you know, what's not there, not what you actually want. So that's what keeps showing up. Now, way back in episode 58, if you want to go look, I did uh, how the law, law of attraction really works in your relationship. If you want to go back and listen, you can, but I'm going to cover part of it right now because this stuff is called law of attraction, right? A lot. It's, it's, uh, did I say episode 58? It was episode 58. Okay. Um, but I'm going to give you a quick lesson today so you can understand that this isn't bullshit, woo-woo, whatever, that this is science. You know me, I'm about research and science. I, I, I am. And as spiritual as I've got, it's so funny, I've gotten more and more spiritual the more scientific I've gotten <laughs> because things are kind of psychedelic in the science world when it, so, so, okay. But we're going to take just a quick detour, I promise it's quick, down the quantum science road. That's what we're doing, okay? But you've, because you've got to know about quantum to understand that the law of attraction is a real thing. And, and I, I think it's just been misused a lot. So I want to set the record straight a little bit. So, and I'm going to do this as quickly as possible, I promise. So basically you're a walking, talking ball of energy with a little matter thrown in, right? Energy is different than matter. Matter is all the stuff you can touch or that has weight, you know, what are, uh, tables, chairs, trees, your body, your cell phone, right? Pretty much everything that you see around you is all matter. And all of this matter is made up of molecules and molecules are made up of something even smaller called atoms. And atoms of, are known as kind of the building blocks of all matter or things. And about 99% of your body is made up of atoms, you know, uh, of hydrogen, uh, carbon, nitrogen, and oxygen. That's pretty much 98% of you. So now these atoms are made up of even tinier pieces of matter called subatomic particles. And there's 118 different types of atoms, which we call elements. And these all make up, remember that periodic table you remember in high school? That's, that's what that's from. So all of these elements or atoms are the basic building blocks of everything. Okay. That's, that's I guess, really what you want to know. And by the way, scientists had proven that atoms existed a very long time ago with math, you know, with the math, they could see it, but they'd never actually seen one until 2017. So it's, so it's kind of recent, but anyway, that's a, sorry, I won't digress anymore. I promise. Okay. So here's the kicker. Atoms themselves, these building blocks of who we are, are mostly made up of empty space. If an atom was the size of a church, the, the nucleus, the center of that atom would be the size of a dime. All the rest is space. Really think of that. I'm trying to give you a little thing you can compare it to. These things that make up everything you see around you are mostly empty space. Uh, what? Blowing my mind, Abby. Yes. And you're, <laughs> but Abby, if atoms are mostly space and everything is made up of atoms, why do objects look and feel solid? Why, you know, why do humans look and feel solid? We, so 
We don't experience ourselves or anything around us as being empty space because everything is in and around us is moving so fast that it seems solid. Scientists often explain this like a swarm of bees, you know, like individual bees you wouldn't see, but when there's a swarm, they're kind of moving together. It's like that. And But the best way I've ever heard this explained is to think about the empty space in an atom like you'd think about an electric fan with the rotating blades. So when the fan isn't in motion, you can see that there's lots of empty space in the fan, right? It's not hard, around the blades, you can see it. You can stick your hand in there, right? And the space between the blades, you could wiggle your fingers. It's just a bunch of nothingness, right? Like, so I want you to picture the fan. But when that fan is turned on, the game changes. If you, if you put your hand into all that quote unquote empty space now, you'd get hit by the blades and you'd feel the resistance of something real. If you spin something fast enough, it looks solid. And even that even happens when you look at a fan, if it's going quick enough, you sometimes can't even tell it's on because it's going so fast. And this is really why quantum physicists speak like, like the world is one big LSD trip. <laughs> and one of, my, one of my favorite quotes is from physicist Neil, Niels Bohr. And he said, if quantum mechanics hasn't profoundly shocked you, you haven't understood it yet. Everything we call real is made of things that cannot be regarded as real. I know, trippy, woo, I'm tripping out. This is all coming back to you, trust me. So, so let's get back to our matter energy talk, okay? We talked about you know, things that are matter, You know, that cell phone you're likely holding right now, your car you're sitting in, your house, right? Now, let's talk about things that aren't matter, that are not matter, okay? There's things that aren't matter, and there's only a few, really. That those are feelings, thoughts, and light, right? I know, crazy. Light, of course, lets you see all the matter around you, but it's different from matter. And light doesn't weigh anything. Even, even air has a weight to it, but light, feelings, and thoughts don't. So, so they're not matter. But just because it doesn't weigh anything and you can't quote unquote see it, doesn't mean you don't feel it, right? You believe that light uh, thoughts and your feelings are real, even though you can't feel or see all of them, right? So I need you to extend that to the energy and vibrational frequency you're putting out all the time. Since you're mostly made up of atoms and all these atoms and subatomic particles are, particles are in constant motion, they're all putting out their own distinct frequency or vibration from sort of a low to high. And we know from the science that like, like frequencies attract other like frequencies. That's what happens, okay? That's what happens. So when it comes to thoughts, remember thoughts, right? Or energy, right? Like light and feelings. Low vibrational thoughts attract, attract low vibrational experiences, things, and people. That's why that works that way. So for example, if you want to have a great relationship, but you're super stressed about said relationship, you're not going to attract what you want. If you're saying, thinking, or believing things like, um, what do I always hear? Oh, we, we've tried things before, but changes never stick. Uh, we can't change anything. If my partner won't change is you'll attract negative experiences in your relationship. All those thoughts you're having and those subconscious beliefs are putting out a vibration. Your words might be very different, but it's the vibration that's doing all the work. And 
of course, this relates to the quote I give you all, or the research I talk about all the time from Timothy Wilson, that our conscious brains are processing information at a rate of 50 bits per second, while our subconscious is processing information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So people are picking up on the 11 million, not the 50. Get it? It's all, I mean, there's, there's, so there's multiple places in the research and science where we see that this is true, in fact. So I want you to think right now about what your kind of dominant vibration is, right? And you know how you know? It's going to align with the dominant and most frequent thoughts you're having, the most frequent feelings you're having. So I want you to think right now, I want you to stop, just take a moment and think, what's the vibration that I'm at right now? What are my dominant thoughts and feelings, you know, day to day? Maybe you're very anxious. Maybe you, again, are thinking bad thoughts about your relationship, or maybe you're stressed about money, or I don't know, whatever your thing might be, right? Your job, just whatever is dominant, not occasionally like, oh, I'm a little stressed, and then you bring yourself back. But I mean, like the dominant. And then I want, so let's just do that with your relationship right now or a relationship if you're not in a partnership right this minute. I know some of you listen even when you're not in a couple. Um, just think of any relationship you're in and that what the dominant thing is going on. And now I want you to think about your dream relationship or your dream life or whatever it is. And I want you to compare those two vibrations, the vibration of your dream life and relationship. Oh, the excitement, the relief, the enthusiasm, the can't waiting to start your day every day, the um, appreciation, the gratitude, the compassion, right? Very different. So they probably don't match. So I want you to think about where are the gaps? You know, where are the gaps? Where are things not matching? And you have to change your energetic vibration in order to change your relationships or your life or your work or whatever it is. And it all begins with your thoughts because we feel the way we think. So you know, you know, they say like you can't grow an apple tree with cucumber seeds, right? So if your words are all about apples, but those thoughts and vibrations are all about cucumbers, guess what you're going to get? And then you're complaining. Okay. So here's what happens and why you're likely vibrating on a frequency you don't want. Okay. You're having the thought over and over, which is a belief. A belief is just a thought you've had over and over. So you're thinking that repeatedly. That becomes hardwired into your brain and becomes your sort of subconscious programming, right? Then those thoughts and beliefs become kind of automatic. It's the first thing that comes up. And then since you feel the way you think, certain feelings become embedded and automatic. Then these feelings all have a vibrational frequency that you're putting out there. Remember, like attracts like. So you're attracting other things, experiences, people, whatever, at that lower vibrational frequency. And then this becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You think you're seeing the facts. Oh, I knew my partner would let me down. I was smart not to trust them. You know, that's the things you end up saying. And this is when you always know and you're so sure. Uh, you're, you're, the tail is wagging the dog and you don't realize that's what's happening. I'm saying this so emphatically. I'm saying this with so much love that I have for you right now. You you can't keep doing this. You got to stop. If it worked, I'd say to do it. Fine. Feel shitty. Go for it. It doesn't work. It's not you're not listening right now cuz it works. And maybe you're someone this only happens to some of the time. So great, we can like clean up those little areas, but maybe you're something you're somebody where this is happening a lot. 
And I am here with the love to tell you that you are 100% responsible for turning this around. But I'm also here with the love to tell you you're 100% capable of turning it around. Everything in your life right this minute is a reflection of your vibratory state. It's a reflection of your frequency that you're operating on. And again, this is good news because it means it's in your power to shift and to create new things in your life. First, though, you have to know where you're starting from. And looking at your current relationship gives you that starting point, right? If you, if you wanted to change how fast your car was going, you couldn't do that until you knew what, you're, what speed you're at now, right? You have to start somewhere. So you're... Your current consistent emotional state is like your speedometer. Again, you feel the way you think. So these emotions are letting you know what you're truly thinking, what you're truly thinking, what those embedded beliefs are. So I want, like, I'm thinking of, so you might be really great in some areas and not in others. And that's actually even more proof about this. Some people, like I, I've always had relationships because for whatever reason in my head, I think I always thought, you know, sure, uh, I'm going to be in a relationship. I'm, I'm good. I'm good at, I was good at getting people. Now I wasn't good at staying in them for many years, but, but I was good at getting them um, and having them. And I kept attracting the same kind of person who wanted to get married when I didn't, you know, I was really like doing the same thing over and over, but it's something I believe. And in my head, I believe that, you know, marriage is a trap and, you know, um, I didn't want, I wanted to be able to leave whenever I wanted and all the things that I believe. And when I finally stopped dating for a while and went to therapy for a long period of time and really worked on my issues, you know, I then it's, it's the next relationship. I pretty much, not the next, but Pretty soon after, I ended up finally getting married and being happy and all those. So there's a, but in, I remember with money, I didn't always feel that way. And I remember when I was young, like, oh, you know, running up the credit cards and just doing stupid crap with money and being really kind of quote unquote bad with money because I came from a family that wasn't good with money. And that's one of the things I kind of believed. Like, it, so it was showing up. So as good as some areas of my life were, I also thought I was smart. So I always did well in school, even though, you know, I wasn't always smart, <laughs> but you know, like I would think, oh, school, I can always do well there. I had a real growth mindset about work, about school. I, if I work hard, I can get there. I can do better, you know? So that really served me. You know what I'm saying? So there's these different areas where I had different beliefs and it kept showing up in my life where with a low bank account, with always having a boyfriend and with always getting another degree at school. <laughs> that's why I have so many damn degrees. You know, that it, so look at your life. That's how it shows up. So you can, you can see it, right? So I want, I want to just, before we go to the next one, I want to talk a little bit about these low and high vibrational states. So the really low vibrational states, like at the very bottom of the, of the ladder, are things like anxiety, jealousy, um, hate, hopelessness, helplessness, those are, you know, really low, overwhelm, resentment, depression. Can you feel it? Yeah. And when you're moving up the scale, you get to something like higher vibrational state can still be kind of in the low quadrant and low half of the ladder. So you may be anger. Anger actually is a higher vibrational state than let's say depression or hopelessness. And you can feel that, right? So it's actually better to be angry than to be hopeless. Because anger will get you off your ass. You know, it's motivating to a degree. I mean, it's not the best thing to stay in anger all the time, but it often will at least create some movement and get you out of bed. 
so I just want to kind of say that there's like a way to move up the ladder. You can't, uh, what do I always say? You can't go from shitty to giddy. You know, you're not going to jump from depressed and anxious to, oh, my life is, per-, you know, Pollyanna, my life is perfect and I feel fabulous all the time. It just doesn't work that way. But you want to ease yourself up that ladder. And of course, you know, you're really looking to experience, again, higher vibrational states than um, anger. So, you know, we get up into gratitude and appreciation and compassion and kindness and laughter and ease and, you know, confidence, uh, inspire, inspiration, thoughtfulness, um, joy, willingness, right? I could go on and on, hopefully. So do you see though? So if you want to get from a low to a high vibrational state, it's all about, again, where your attention is. And you change that frequency by where you put your attention. If you focus on all the things you don't like about your partner, or your relationship, you'll start to feel like poop. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. And that emotion is the indicator of your frequency. I'm feeling like poop. I have a low vibrational frequency right now. So, and again, you get what you focus on. So if you're vibrating at a frequency of need and want, you know, you're going to have neediness and wanting that, that you're going to, that'll attract more need and want. So instead, you need to become what you want so the neediness and that, you know, kind of wanting disappear. Your, your relationship in your life is the reflection of, again, this kind of vibratory state. If you don't have the relationship you want, it's time to focus on your thoughts and creating that vibrational frequency that you do want to attract. I do have a high-low vibrational cheat sheet, which we'll link on the... Um, podcast page <laughs> over on the website. Come to the website, come to this particular episode, either in the relationship tips and tools in the blog post or go to it on the podcast page. And I'll link to the, uh, it's free, you know, to the high low vibrational cheat sheet. It will put you on my mailing list, which is a once a week love letter. I don't know why you wouldn't want it. It's kind of fabulous. I'm really proud of them. Uh, it's just me trying to inspire you every week with a story or a thought or it's what I, if you like the podcast, you're probably going to love the love letter. It's not some weird like thing you're going to get into where I try to sell you stuff. It's not that. So, <laughs> you know, the love letter every, it comes out every Wednesday. And if you don't like it, unsubscribe, but you still have the high, low vibrational cheat sheet. Just as it can really help um, with a visual, you know, to sort of see where you are and check in. So you know, but you just have to realize that whenever you feel a negative emotion, you're calibrating to something you don't want. So what I just do is think of its opposite or what I do want. And I do my best to calibrate to that, right? You, you can't feel disappointed and get what you want. You can't feel disappointed in your relationship and have a fabulous relationship. It's not going to happen. Get with all the things you want. So I don't want you, and I, I want to say this though, also at the same time, I don't want you to be afraid of any negative thinking during your day. Don't, don't be afraid of it. Don't freak out. Don't tell yourself you're stupid or something. And I just want you to see it as a signal. I want you to reframe negative thinking as a signal to calibrate to something that you do want. Because when you're seeing or feeling what you don't want, it's a signal that you need to think about what you do want. It's just your brain going, hey, hey you, it's tapping you on the shoulder. <laughs> it's a reminder. It's not a fact, it's just a reminder. Hey, we don't wanna be over here, right? I did cover calibration in a whole episode of the podcast called um, The Secret to Positive Thinking in All Your Relationships. And I also have a free um, YouTube video. It's like a little exercise on YouTube. You don't even have to sign up for anything. You don't have to put in your email. 
It's on YouTube if you put in Abby Metcalf Calibrate. And again, all these links will be on the show notes page and on the Relationship Tips and Tools page. So go check it out there too. But if you want to get deeper on the calibration, how to do it, I got you. I got you. Who loves you? I do. I got you. I, I, I guess before we go to goal five, I want you to remember that the, you know, the grass is greener where you water it. That's just the bottom line. And there's, you, you got, this is one of those biggies that you really have to change. And then goal number five we'll do quickly. You got to be kind no matter what. <laughs> Set an intention of kindness with your partner on a daily basis. How your relationship feels day to day boils down to, again, that energy, that attitude, the thoughts you're bringing to the relationship. Are you focused on being kind and generous and open and loving and patient? Or are you generally critical, hostile, full of contempt or negativity? Because that's what you're bringing. We just talked about a law of attraction, right? But I'm talking about being specific because research has shown that kindness, I will say, and that's along with emotional stability. Those are the, okay. And I talked about how to stabilize your emotions, you know, how to have emotional regulation a couple episodes ago. But research has shown that kindness, along with emotional stability, is the most important predictor of satisfaction and stability in a relationship, in a marriage. So kindness, think about it. It makes everybody feel cared for, understood, validated. It, it Kindness makes people feel loved. Researchers have also found that the couples who look for things to appreciate are happier and stay together longer than those who are always looking for their partner's mistakes. And the best way to be appreciative, focus on the positive, is to, to me, just to keep it simple and just focus on being kind. You don't have to do anything. Kindness should be bottled as couples glue. It, it creates affection and bonding and validation and more kindness because your partner reacts to the kindness and then they're kinder and you're kinder and everybody's kinder. It's a beautiful friggin' day. I want you to, it, ju it just kind, you know, this whole law of attraction we're just talking about, if you could just focus right here on being kind, that's it. Weave kindness into the fabric of your interactions with your partner on an all-day basis. All, yeah, all day, all day. Come back to it over and over. Weave it into your uh, uh, interactions with everybody. I don't think your partner should be the only one, but and I'm telling you right now, here's the best part. You'll feel good. I feel so good when I'm kind. It really, it makes me feel good. It, it aligns with what I, who I think I am. When I am shitty, I feel crappy. It doesn't align with who I say I am in the world and who, with who I think I am in the world. It's not, and of course I'm not perfect. Of course I've been crappy to people. Of course I have. I've been in a bad mood and snapped. I've done it. We've all done it. It's not about being perfect. We're not trying to be perfect. But when we hold things and we keep trying to get there, it means that we'll get there a good majority of the time. And that's really what we're trying to do. And that's it. Those are the five, five goals I think that every couple should set in their relationship. I actually think they're good goals just to set if you're listening as an individual person and you don't have a partner yet to think of your life in these terms, I think is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Again, if you want to, you know, you can buy the relationship goal setting workbook. Again, it's different than what we talked about today. It's more nitty gritty. It's more kind of exacting. So it's a, it's a different thing. So if you just liked today, you're not, you know, and you don't want to do that, you're not going to like it. So don't buy it. <laughs> but if you do go there. And 
And as always, I want to thank you for being here and listening and spending time with me. It's just, um, it's great. I'm doing this uh, on a wonderful, beautiful Monday in my office and I feel good and I'm happy. And I'm always, always happy when I do talk about your energy. Yeah, I hope you feel it because I feel it. I feel inspired and motivated and joyous when I do the podcast. And I sit and I think about my intention before every time before I record. And it's for you to feel loved and cared for, for you to feel like you've got the best information that is there to be given, for you to feel like I don't lie to you, that I'm always honest and direct because I am, for you to feel heard and seen for what you're going through. That is always my goal. So I hope you feel all these things. As always, if you have a topic you'd like to hear on a future episode, please feel free to email that to me. Uh, you can do that through the website or at abby at abbymetcalf.com. And uh, please don't send me a long problem, though. I, I can't read them all. But if it's something kind of short and sweet, it, it a good, you know, something we could get to on the podcast, I'd be very excited to do it. I love you. Have an amazing, amazing week. And I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcap.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.